In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Coming in, I hope you saw the icon on the screen this morning. If not, have a look at it as you go out. Pastor Bukes puts them up for you every week to match the gospel appointed for the Sunday. Today it is the famous icon of the Holy Trinity by Rublev. It shows the three persons of the Trinity as three angels seated at Abraham's table on the day our Lord came to tell Abraham that Sarah would have a son named Isaac. Folks argue about the icon, which one is the Father, which is the Son, and which is the Holy Spirit, and that's good fun. But as you go out, I'd rather have you notice two things. First, how homey it is. It's if the three of them sat down together at Abraham's kitchen table. It's very clear they love each other and that they're a family. Second, see how right up front there is an open spot at the table for you. That's a very, very encouraging sign in a world that has grown to be so inhospitable. Those are the simple and obvious things in the icon, and it's good to see them. Because on the Feast of the Holy Trinity, we always end up talking about things that we don't understand. How there is one God, but there is three persons. How those three persons are distinct, and yet they share one divine essence. How those three persons are very different, and yet we confess God as one. It's a bit of a mind-bender, and as with other things we don't understand, sometimes it can throw us off balance and get uncomfortable, and sometimes we can even get angry. It's an angry gospel that is appointed for today. You heard it. You're strange, you're crazy, you're filled with the devil. That's how those religious leaders responded to Jesus when Jesus said, God is my Father, and my Father is doing glorious, wonderful things through me. And if you will only listen, then you will never have to taste death. You know, what happened to Jesus sometimes happens to us too. Sometimes when we turn the other cheek, when we pray and tithe and give alms to the poor, when we protect babies and the sick, and when we welcome the dispossessed, when we demand justice but also practice mercy, folks in our world can treat us as if we are the ones who are strange and crazy and filled with demons. For proof, we don't have to go any farther than a blog a couple of weeks ago from a Harvard law professor who said that Christians in America have now lost the culture war, and so they should be punished like the Japanese and the Germans after the loss of World War II. I have to confess, there are some times now that I don't understand our world or our country or our society. 
There are days I don't understand you, and there are many days I certainly don't understand myself. And that lack of understanding can leave us nervous and angry. But on those days, I hope you would remember this icon. Abraham didn't understand. He was old and he was discouraged. Sarah didn't understand. She laughed when these three heavenly visitors told her that she would have a child. But those three had come to love and to bless Abraham and Sarah. And even though they were discouraged and they didn't understand, after all, you remember that Abraham was 99 years old and Sarah was 90, well past the age of having children. Even though they were discouraged and they didn't understand, divine love won out. And Sarah conceived a miraculous child named Isaac. And he had a child named Jacob, and later came Joseph, and then David, and then eventually Jesus, born from the blessed word of another angel, the heavenly visitor Gabriel. Jesus, who was born of divine love, but also of the human flesh and blood of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The world is tough right now, but the world has always been tough. We don't understand everything that's going on right now, but we never did understand everything. The world is bigger than any one of us, and God is bigger still. But here is something we can understand, or at least something that we can taste and savor and experience and embrace and enjoy. It's the divine love of the Holy Trinity. Love is what binds together the Father and Son and Holy Spirit as family. But love is also what is expressed to each one of us that makes us the church, that saves us and makes us a family. The Father's love sent the Son to us. The Father's love filled the Son and gave him purpose. It made him strong to come to us and take away our sins and bury them at the cross. The Father's love resurrected the Son, and then the Father's love pointed to the Son for you and for me so that you and I would know that that resurrection is for us. That death is no longer a threat. And strangely, in the church, death even becomes my friend because my death takes me across a threshold to a new and eternal life. The Son loves us too. His love fills us and forgives us. That may be the most important thing of all, that the Son's love forgives us so that we can live our lives without fear and guilt and shame and regret. No matter what mistakes we've made, no matter what sins we've done, no matter what sins have been done to us, in the love of Jesus, every day is a new day. Everything is forgiven. That love gathers us up and makes us family again so that we can live in peace and joy. No matter what the rest of the world is doing, we can live in peace and in joy 
and we can honor our Heavenly Father just as Jesus does today in the Gospel. We can live. We can really, really live. The Holy Spirit is love too, and His love fills us so that we can see and energizes us so that we can go, so that we can follow Jesus, so that we can live as He lived, so that no matter what the world does to us, we can still speak a kind word and do a merciful thing, so that we can continue to lift the burdens of those around us and take those to the cross where they can be buried too. Next time our world or our country or our society or even your own life becomes too much, next time your own life becomes too much, too confusing, too mean-spirited, come and sit down in Abraham's kitchen and let the love of the Holy Trinity wash over you. You don't have to figure it out first. You can simply enjoy the fact that God himself thinks that you are wonderful, that God loves you and has come to visit you again today, that God has blessed you with his holy name in baptism and everything is forgiven. You are family. And God pulls you close now to his table, this holy Eucharist, this altar, where he nourishes you and makes you one, one with him and one with each other. In these things, God assures you that he is making decisions that will guide your life for the best, just like he did for Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob, just as he did for Jacob and Jesus and the first disciples and the church throughout history. So that even if you suffer for doing good, you are never alone, you're never unloved, and you will never face death. You really are family. Every day, the Heavenly Father is protecting you. Every day, your brother Jesus Christ stands with you. Every day, the Holy Spirit, who loves you so, guides you into light and to love. And those three will bring you home again someday. The promise of the Feast of the Holy Trinity is that come what may, we are in God's hands, and that is always for the good. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen.